You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, how are you, buddy? Hey, now. A lot better than we were, man. <laughs> On Sunday, man, I can only imagine. The show's still gonna be, is still going to be fire tonight, considering. I mean, I can only imagine what it would have been like if we actually had taped on 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 Sunday. I don't see how the guys over two and out do it. Oh well, so I you know, know what, how they do it. But I mean, it's it's a CFL based show, so I mean, it's not like they're they're specific to like any one particular team. So. No, but they have their favorite teams, and obviously, you know, you know. You know, you know they 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 speak their minds about their teams. <laughs> oh, definitely, and <laughs> I I think I I just imagine what it would have been like if you know someone turned the mics on to us after that uh, rather pedestrian showing in the Eastern semifinal. You're being kind by calling it pedestrian. I'm I'm trying, but holy holy cow! Well, wow. we can you, you can see we can say piss poor well without activating the uh, uh, the uh, the lunatic, um, <laughs> you know, so, but, but first and something you brought up to me, which I had not heard about before we get into, you know, yes, we, uh, it is a game. We fully understand that. But the news that came across, uh, that Cliff mentioned to me and which I hadn't heard about Cliff, we, we want to at least make mention of it, Cliff. And I think since you told me about it, I think you should, you should go ahead and mention it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never fun to talk about, uh, you know, like this is supposed to be a, a fun show, an entertaining show, informative and all that stuff. And unfortunately, though, life does have a way of kind of just, you know, dropping bad stuff at the worst possible time. Uh, found out via Matthew Schultz's Instagram that his mother unfortunately passed away in a car accident on Monday. Uh, I, I absolutely feel for Maddie. I mean, losing a parent is never never easy and i can just imagine what he had to go through like just you know after playing his last football game of the season probably was looking forward to going home and seeing the family and everything like that and then finding out that his mom was killed in a car accident it, it it's heartbreaking and i you know I, I have to say maddie you know that you, you're in our thoughts uh you know your whole family's in our thoughts uh, we're so sorry for your loss and i mean what else is there to say? I mean, it's 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 tragic more than anything else. And you know, I if nothing else, uh, you know, like our words probably you know can only offer so much comfort. But uh, I mean, like I said, we're, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you. It's it's a tough thing. So, Maddie, you know, we're we're behind you no matter what. Yeah, you know that exactly, exactly. Um, we felt it would be better to go ahead and you know it, it's it's best to mention it right away for us because that way um, I think it actually means more mentioned talking about it now than leaving it to the to the end of the show just in case if some of you may have not may not get that far into the show and stuff like that but I think it's it was well worth mentioning first and foremost because it's uh, as I said it's life life can suck sometimes and it really can so i mean as i said this is just a game so um, that's it in the grand scheme of things yeah are, are we upset with what we saw in this past sunday absolutely and we'll definitely talk about it but i mean in the grand scheme of things it's a drop of it's a drop in the ocean it really is yeah yeah it is i agree with you um you know after the game uh, as everybody now knows, the, the Alouettes, uh, they poop the bed, um, 23, 12, uh, in a, the loss in Hamilton in the Eastern final, Eastern semifinal. Mm. Uh, I, I was looking to see if I could, you know, I went and I contacted, um, uh, quarterback insurance, uh, sorry, it's gridiron insurance. And I was trying to see if we, if there was anything that we could use to revoke, because you know, everybody, you know, th- you know, this was our, you know, Trevor Harris was our insurance policy. And I was just trying to find any way, shape, or form that maybe somewhere in the fine print that we could use to totally 
disqualify or devalue or find anything written that we could use and hopefully the owls could use to just get rid of this policy because, you know, you, you can be living in a place and, and sometimes you're offered, you know, oh, you know what, here, you know, you need to, oh, you're in a certain place. It's like, oh, here, do you need uh, earthquake insurance? Well, no, I don't think I need earthquake insurance. You don't, you don't think so until you actually have an earthquake. Same mm-hmm. thing with floods and stuff like that. But, you know, in the Alouette's case, you know, this is a, a guy who was anointed, you know, the insurance policy for the Owls once, uh, once Vernon went down. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, the, the person that I spoke with, she was really nice over Gridiron Insurance. But, I mean, it's, they didn't see anything in the policy that they could actually let me know about. You know, everything because it was salary and, and stuff like that. They they were just, you know, they were just saying, you know, well, we really can't tell you. There's a possibility. So, but they said, obviously, the drop dead date, they reminded me of that bonus that's coming up in, in early 2022. So, uh, our, our basic words were to me, well, if you don't like your policy, then just drop it and go with some something else. So... Hey, the balls in the balls in the Alouette's court now. <laughs> yep, I, I mean the, the the fact that Trevor Harris hasn't already been future endeavored still blows my mind. Well, I mean, it's I, and I told you, and, and and this is this is my thought on this, and, and we are going to get to the game and uh, what there was of it. But this this is my actual thought on this. And if by the way, if you the fans agree with me, please at me. You know, say something in social. I really want to know what you're feeling about this. I really think that the Alouettes are going to be waiting to the very last moment for Trevor Harris to decide if they're going to pick up this this bonus of his that he is due until the very last moment. Because even though, as we saw, you know, Vernon having the sling taken off his off of his arm where he was hurt, he still has to go through rehab. And I I think that's the main reason why we haven't heard that he has been released yet. I'm sure the Owls will try to renegotiate or restructure his contract. And we we saw what happened when he was with Ottawa when it came to a signing bonus. He didn't like it, and then Ottawa just said, well, screw you. Bye. I think the the Alouettes are going to wait to the very last moment. They want to see what happens with with VA and his, uh, his rehab before they do anything. Well, and even then, I mean, why wait? I mean, look, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, God for, even if Fern Adams isn't ready to go, there's still the, the matter of paying this $300,000 bonus on February 1st. Yeah. And whether or not, again, what, ready to go or not is kind of a non-starter when you think about the fact that training camp isn't until May, hopefully. Do you still do you really want to carry both of those guys' salaries, both Harris and Adams's salaries? Like that's a good chunk of your salary cap tied up with two guys. No, that I you know I understand that I fully get that, and people need to remember too. I, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, that if you're on a six game or something like that, I think it's either half or I'm trying to remember what the actual number is when it comes to what actually goes against the cap if you're on the one game or the six game injured list right that, you're on the hook you're on the hook for the salary if a, a player is injured that's why i'm very right, thankful that trevor harris not, never got injured yeah and i, I understand that you're still i understand you're still responsible for the money but it doesn't go against the cap so but is this really going to be an issue come february is my question or late january i when, think by that time we may see the owls may see where vernon is in the rehab process I mean, the plus, that, the plus, it's not his throwing arm. That's that's the huge plus. That is definitely a huge plus. There's no question. But even at that point, like I would still look at the body of work that Trevor Harris produced while in Alouette's colors. And I have a hard time justifying $3 for him, never mind $300,000 <laughs> for him. I'm sorry to say, but this is all the hype that came bringing in a quarterback midseason. And 
it was no different than any other time the Alouettes brought in a quarterback in midseason. It just it didn't work. And no. you know what? That's fine. That, that's fine that it didn't work. You tried something. You made a move. Sometimes the moves don't work out. I get it. You know, like, okay, you, Danny Machocha did his best. He, he, he panicked seeing, you know, maybe didn't realize just how good a quarterback Matthew Schultz could be. You, you panicked. You had to go get someone with CFL experience because otherwise you had Shea Patterson who had never thrown a football in the CFL in his entire life. I, I totally get all of that. You, you, you made a move. It didn't pan out. It happens. It doesn't make you a bad general manager. You made a move. It didn't work. It happens. Now you now now you have to take a look at things like okay, I made a mistake. This wasn't this didn't go the way I thought it would. Now you cut bait. Simple as that. Yeah. You you, you tear the bandage off. Say you know what, it didn't work out. This guy isn't worth. He, he did he he didn't live up to what I thought he would. You you own up to it and you move on. Yeah. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah. And and as you said, you know the owls had. The last four quarterbacks that the well, sorry, including Trevor Harris, the last four quarterbacks that the Isles have traded for and ended up starting in some way, shape, or form during the season that they were in, you know, since 2007 hasn't gone very well for the team. I will admit. I mean, uh, you know, for Harris, Manziel, uh, Glenn, and Moss, uh, in their first season as their quarterback, they were a grand total of five and eleven. You know, so I mean, and that's not counting Glenn's second season with the Alouettes, right? But and five, Jason five, Moss and, and yeah. Jason Moss really didn't get a whole lot of playing time. No, he was the only one that had a winning Calvio. record. <laughs> he Go was one and zero in his only start. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah. I again, it's going to be curious to see what's going to happen. I'm curious to know if some of the free agents are going to say, "Listen, I want to play for the Owls," but. I want to play for the Owls as long as, you know, VA is the, is the starter, mm-hmm. which could happen. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a tactic that has been used before in pro sports. Without question. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure like any potential free agent. Yeah. Obviously you want to get paid. You want to make sure you get your, your opportunity to shine. I mean, that's one of the big things when it comes to free agency, but the other thing you have to take a look at is to, do I have a chance to win with this team as it sits? Yeah. And I can't imagine any of the potential three free agents that the, the Alouettes have after what they've just gone through the, the, the five games or four, no, the five games that were Trevor Harris was a part of this team and look what happened. Yeah. What or one in four. I mean, and that one win I'm sorry. That, that may as well have been a half win because it's one in, well one one in three, and he came in halfway through. Another one. Do you really count right. that against him? I mean, unfortunately, Shields gets the L on that one. Well, like I say, if you if you really want to nitpick on that, I know, but I mean, it, I know <laughs> is, he was a part of that. So I mean, he had a blown day. He yeah, if, if, he, if he, he came had, into he, that game and w- ended up winning it. He had a blown it's a whole save. different story. He had a blown save. <laughs> sure, <laughs> let's call it like that. Blown save. But to me, like you look at the body of work, those last, like compared to the first nine games of this season for the Alouettes, which were not perfect by any stretch. Let's no. let's not let's no. not uh, cast any aspersions. No, it was otherwise. a series of two, 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 two. Yeah, until we get to the four game winning streak. Yep. And, uh, and I then, mean, listen, then, but everything came to a head in this game. You know, first. First, to me, it started with Patrick Levels. And again, I, I love his passion. I know we mentioned it last week. But I love his passion. And yes, it's true. Nobody wants to lose a game, Cliff. But for Christ's sake, he doubled down. I mean, I didn't expect it, you know, it was going to be anything different. But he doubled down in the pregame press conference. That was, you know, you can now go and see it on, you know, on CFL.ca. Or on their on their face uh, Twitter page, uh, sorry, on their uh, YouTube page. Yeah, I'm like, dude. Again, to me, it was bulletin board material. We all know you, everybody wants to win every game. You know, it's like us. We don't choose who's going to win the game between the Owls and and X X team because we want the Owls to win. But we don't guarantee a win, even though maybe in our heads we might. 
You know, it's just like, dude, you gave it. It's the Eastern semifinal. There, you're in Hamilton, where the Owls' history in Hamilton has been garbage in the playoffs. No matter how good this team has been, and then you, 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 <laughs> you guarantee the game, the win, and and the second quarter said it all. Second, it, it, at the it, second quarter, it was done, done. Yeah, you give up twenty points in any quarter. Done, especially within the first two quarters. Done, and you're and you don't score anything. Yeah, and all you CFL honks out, you're like, oh, no lead is safe. You can go suck a lemon, as far as I'm concerned. Because you know what? Sometimes a lead is safe. That lead couldn't have been any safer. Yeah, in this game it was. I agree. By the way, I mentioned to you, this to you pre-game, pre-show. Do you think there would have been any difference? Because everybody saw what the, what the weather was like in Hamilton. Snowy. It was there. Snowy and zero, according to the CFL stats. It was... There was sun galore here in Montreal. It was complete. I, I was surprised at how different, you know, just a short jaunt, you know, seven hours. But still, weather was completely different in Montreal. Do you think it would have been any different if the Owls had hosted here? No. Because, I, you know, I see a little bit of uh, people slipping on the turf. Makes me wonder about the turf at Tim Hortons Field, by the way. Um, well, and I, again, that was a good trial run for them, considering they're going to be hosting the Grey Cup in uh, two weeks. No, oh, I think they could just, they're just going to do what they did in, in Edmonton and let it harden. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, I don't think I don't think Hamilton gets anywhere near as cold as what Edmonton does on no. the regular. So no, well, hopefully the CFL learned with that one. But uh, I mean, things could have been different. I doubt it though. But I mean, it would have been nice. But still, it's you know Harris's Harris's numbers don't mean anything in this game. Obviously, uh, dude, you have to say it. I know you said it on social media. But what what was the thing that you said specifically about Trevor Harris? Oh, I mean, I've said a lot of things about Trevor Harris. The one specifically another... about about Montreal. Oh, it's just the fact that uh, for the second season in a row that Trevor Harris has prevented the Montreal Alouettes from going to the Eastern Final. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. And also, well, the one that I also couldn't help but mention was you can't spell trevor harris without t-r-a-s-h oh wow i saw that one too uh, and everything didn't really mean anything i mean the owls dominated the first quarter should have had seven points but they looked really good in the first quarter but they were only up by three and then it all went into the cra- it went into the crapper yeah. From there. I mean, sure, Harris in, in, in the end was 28 of 44 for 364 yards and a touchdown. But he also had an interception. And he also seemed to not have stick him on his hands because, th- what, three fumbles? Was it three fumbles? Yeah. How ironic that I my, one of my biggest complaints against Trevor Harris is that he holds on to the ball too long. And now he doesn't hold on to the ball. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. What 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 a what a what a time to tell try to prove me otherwise. But oh my god! I mean, now listen. In absolute fairness, the offensive line oh. did him absolutely no favors. I agree with you. And, and you, you didn't, do, say, didn't do any help for for William Stambeck either. Nope. And that was the thing. Like. Hamilton definitely game planned for Stanback, as we would have expected they they would. I mean, the guy's the lead, lead, league leader in rushing. Of course, you're going to game plan for him. You know that the Elwoods are going to hand off to and him as much as they could. And the Eastern nominee for most of, most valuable uh, most uh, 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 most valuable player, most outstanding. Player. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, he was definitely valuable for the most part this year. But I digress. No, this offensive line just looked horrendous. Like yeah, and I, after, I basically said there were there were a bunch of you know turnstiles. And, and these are guys who just got a lot of the guys that just got re-signed. Uh, a couple of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh boy, I I, I really don't want to call anyone out, but David Foucault, holy cow, he just looked awful. Is that he, is that something like, where you would say what the Foucault happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 ah, I, I'm looking at you, lunatic. I, I got you there. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you, you could say he did Foucault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. I mean, when it came, when it came to stopping the Hamilton defenders, he did Foucault. I, I still, it's hard to, I, I mean, I, I still, I mean, the Owls gave up six sacks, six freaking sacks. I mean, this is the, this is the team that the Alouettes team was number one in so many categories this year in the CFL. And, you know, even for a 500 team and just nothing. I mean, our dream came true that both Cameron Artis Payne and William Stambeck both both were starting at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And they really did not take advantage of them in any way, shape, or form. Not even a little. And that's where the coaching staff really – they've got to own that one because – you, as I said, you knew that Hamilton was going to game plan for Standback. Yeah. Did they even know Cameron Artis Payne was going to be playing in this game? Probably not. Probably not. So, you know, in that case, you switch things up a little bit, especially too when you know bloody well Trevor does, Harris just. Does anybody remember what Jeremiah Johnson did? Hello, <laughs> the yeah. one-two with those guys. I mean, come on. That's what I mean. Like a, a good ground game can make a huge difference. But again, I guess if the offensive line is just going to sit there like a bunch of pylons and basically let everybody run roughshod over them, then I guess it really doesn't matter who you have in the backfield. But, but yeah. again, I mean, still, they're just, Oh, stand back 12 or 12 carries 29 yards as the lowest output of the year versus Hamilton for an average of 2.4. Nobody else was much better. Uh, you know, Cameron artist paint only got one, one attempt. It really was. I said I, we saw what Trevor's numbers were. You know, everything went to the wide receivers. I mean, Gino had an absolutely stunning game, and he was a gimpy Gino Lewis, who early on was not supposed. You know, was reported that it wasn't going. He wasn't going to start. He started, but you could tell Gino was not himself. I mean, still six receptions for 127 yards. You know. Got everybody. It seems to get get everybody else to do it, but it's it was too little, too late, dude. When you give up twenty points, twenty points in the second quarter, the third straight playoff game, the Owls have given up seventeen plus points in the second quarter, and give up again twenty points, which is the fourth worst. Uh. Points given up in any quarter in playoff history. History. Again, you're going to lose because you give up those points, like in those three games, you give up 17 plus in the second quarter. The Owls lost all three games. Yeah. You, you can't do it. The game was over and it, and it totally takes away everything, including the running game, because you're, you're down. You were down. You know, 17 points off of turnovers. Hello. Yeah. Take away the I mean, 17 points. We have a game because as you mentioned before, Hamilton didn't really do much at all. At all. They didn't have to. And they just had to like make less mistakes, which again was not hard for against this Alouette's team that just found new and exciting ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I had to laugh. I thought, okay, how, how do you have a worse performance than the one you did against the Ottawa Red Blacks to close out the home finale? Like, I thought that was phoning it in. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they're just saving themselves for the Eastern semifinal. Holy crap, I really wish the team that played against the Ottawa Red Blacks had shown up against Hamilton. I mean, 371 total yards, Cliff, to, <sighs> 20, to 206. No, no. Like, I, I mean... And the, again, I know doesn't mean much, you know, they have the ball for what's more than 10 minutes in the first quarter, 33 minutes overall, but turnovers, five total turnovers. And what's been an Achilles heel the entire season, penalties, 12 of them for 115 yards, one that I think put Hamilton back into scoring position and a couple on, and, and, and uh, he's done okay this year, but Pickett again on special teams 
way too many penalties for Pickett this year. Penalties. Uh, he's, he's had all sorts of miscues. Like again, we have to remember he is a CFL rookie, but uh, no, that this ain't it, yeah, folks. What was it? We had to, we had a fumble return off of a punt, but because uh, the the defender, I think I swear the defender was blocked into the five yard. I don't know what you thought about that, but I swear yeah. the, that he seemed to be blocked into the five yard zone. Yep. Uh, not to mention too the the roughing the passer penalties. Yep, those will kill you every single time. Especially too that there was one that definitely put uh, Hamilton in scoring position. Yeah, I, I mean this is again this was death by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. for this Alouettes team. It's just brutal, absolutely brutal. And I w- I would say that you know the coaching staff too has to bear their bear a lot of the brunt for this as well. I mean discipline is huge. In this, and you, you know, you want to say act like you've been here before, and the Alouettes have been here before. They've been, they were in the Eastern semifinal in 2019, and you'd think, okay, they're not playing at home, like because I guess that wasn't enough of motivating factor. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like they made the business decision to prepare for Hamilton. It's like, okay, fine. If that's if that's the way you have to do it, then so be it. But can you look at that team? Like you, the, the, the game you saw on Sunday, can you look at that team and say that they were prepared for anything other than a swift ass kicking? After the first quarter, I will admit hopes were high, but then again, second quarter on kind of, kind of killed it. Yeah. Kind of, I was thinking maybe they get something done because you got to admit that first, that first drive in the first quarter, they really did run rush out over Hamilton. They really did. Sure. But again, then after that, nothing. Yeah, I mean, Stanback got stifled and they had to settle for a field goal. So, okay. Yeah, it happens. But, okay. They got they got the momentum, well, some momentum going into that, you know, into the second quarter. But then it just, like I said, they forgot how to football. Yeah. 11 minutes, 34 seconds in the first quarter. And that's it. Like, there's all these, like, you know, stats that on paper look, look like they played a decent game, but... It doesn't add up to a hill of beans because in the end, they've got 12 whole points to show for it. They put up 18 points against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah. Do I need to remind this, people of this? Like yeah. it's, and, and again, I thought that game was them phoning it in and just coasting and just doing the best and hope that, you know, that was going to be good enough. Yeah. Like this, this was, this was an epic fail. This Eastern semifinal was an epic fail by the Montreal Alouettes. And, it can't all be on Trevor Harris. He's got to bear a lot of it. But, man, you, you talk about special teams. You talk about the offensive line. You talk about the coaching staff. You talk about, I mean, I think everything. You- it, was, it truly was a team effort. Like, you win as a team and you lose as a team. Well, guess what? They definitely all lost as a team. They yep. all got to own this L. I think, I think still people, though, will remember specifically what happened to Trevor Harris. Well, that's it. Uh, you know, even if you had that faint hope that okay, he's going to be, you know, he's, you know, coasting through the the regular season. But wait, when the when it's playoff time, you saw what he did against the Alouettes. He, you know, he played a, a perfect game practically. Blah 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 blah. No, I'm sorry, it don't it doesn't work like that, folks. There's no on off switch. As much as we talk about that, there is no on off switch. There's no playoff mode click like that. It doesn't work that way. You are what you are, and. I'm sorry. Trevor Harris is everything I said he was. Yeah. It, that That's all there is to it. And quite frankly, if he's still in Alouette in 2022, I'm going to have a lot of questions about pretty much everyone in football ops. I'm sorry to say. Like, there, there's no reason why you, you should even be considering keeping this guy in 2022. I had, that, I had to see how many that. total penalties he had, though, too. Now, he, he had three in this game for 45 yards alone. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, this this guy's not a leader. We'll have to see. Now, anything uh, anything else that, you, that we dare talk about at this game before we move on to the ridiculous, in my opinion, ridiculous, ridiculous banter that's coming out of this game after it. I mean, 
David Cote hit his one field goal, he did very good there. I mean, yeah. I mean that if you're looking for a positive, uh, well, and be, and and obviously with our, our hurt, you know, Eugene Lewis considering free agent. I'm like, Eesh. I mean, you, you talk about the heart of, heart and soul of this team. For the longest time, you'd say it was Vernon Adams. Mm-hmm. I'd say for this last stretch, it was definitely Gino. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I love the way this guy plays. Like he he's all heart. There have been some huge pluses. You know, we hated to lose BJ Cunningham this year, but look, you know, I guess you know, as, as as it is with football, with the bad comes the good, and luckily for us, Reggie White Jr. really stood out. He really did. He, he really did. You talk about like a diamond in the rough. Like, remember how Jim Pop would find those diamonds in the mm-hmm. rough when he was general manager for the Alouettes? Yeah. I mean, props to Danny Machocha and his staff for finding this guy because you know I, I kind of laughed like when I heard Reggie White. I'm like, okay, and he's not not at all related to the NFL Hall of Famer who is no, unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, although this Reggie White Jr. His father did play in the NFL, but he's not that Reggie White. Yeah, exactly. It's just he's a Reggie White. He's not the Reggie White. That you know, the Minister of Defense. He's not that Reggie White. Yeah. I don't know if there's any relation at all, but I don't believe there is. But yeah, like Reggie White Jr. has been such a bright spot for this team in the, in the latter portion. Like like this latter portion of the season has been more dark than light. But let me tell you. Reggie White Jr. really proved himself to be a player. And I, I tell you what, like he he can definitely be a part of this offense for sure. And, you know, he's he's proven himself to be a playmaker, which is great. I mean, that was one of those things that, you know, getting that relationship with the from the quarterback and receivers is so crucial. I don't know really truly if there obviously there was a bit of chemistry between Trevor Harris and Geno Lewis, a bit of chemistry between him and Jake Winecki. Maybe a little bit between Kion, Julian Grant, and Quan Bray. You know, there, there was little bits here and there. But I think the one receiver that really, I think, found a good connection with Harris was Reggie White Jr. And all I could think about is, man, imagine if it was Vernon or Schiltze that was thrown to Reggie White Jr. Like, the kind of plays that those guys would make. That, that's another man. thing, too. You're talking about... Uh, it was mind-boggling to me, and we saw all week, and we, we were speculating that Schiltz was going to get the backup. And he didn't. It didn't make any sense, in in our opinion. I don't think it had anything to do with the with the uh, you know with the rosters. It had nothing to do with the rosters because he's, he's uh, it's, it's quarterback swapping quarterback for quarterback, and he seemed to be practiced all week. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it, us it makes us think. That this was done very similar to what happened. We, I know we've mentioned this in previous shows. What happened to Vernon a couple of years ago? Yeah, with uh, you know Johnny Football. Well, that's it. You you got the, the the shiny new toy that you know everybody and their mother is all hyped up about, and uh, you know the backup quarterback can you know you know kick rocks. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating. It's it, it, even insulting, really, when you think about it, because. I mean, I understand why Schultze got pulled for Harris. I understand that. And then all of a sudden, you know, if it was the knee, because I think he had tweaked it the week before. Here's a tweaking. Okay, fine. Like, How bad of a tweak was it? Like, if he could have played, he should have played. To be honest with you, dude, have you ever had a, have you ever tweaked your knee? I haven't. So I don't know what it's like. You know what I mean? So it may have been may have been okay that you know he was it was he tweaked it, then he tried to play, then Harris came in. But anyways, well, well I'm talking about okay, fine. I'm, you're you're talking about earlier in like when Harris relieved Schultz, right? Because he, he had tweaked, yeah, because he had tweaked his knee. I think the week prior. Okay, but I'm talking about like the the last couple of games of the season where, quite frankly, I'm I'm willing to bet. Again, yeah, no, this is just speculation on my part, but I'm willing to bet Schiltze was healthy enough that he could have played in both of those games. I think so too. And why not? Why why not let him play? Because Ottawa, he was still on the one game. He hadn't been activated. Yada yada yada. Anyways, as I said, it, it to me it's shades of what happened to to uh, to VA in 2018. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, okay. Um, after the game, I don't know what day this, this popped up. All of a sudden, and as far as I know, it's a, a Rash Madani, who everybody knows how he feels about the CFL. Sources and speculation. You know, I, I know a good source that has said, but all of a sudden this thing came up that uh, that uh, head coach Kahari Jones is uh, uh, positioned is in trouble or potentially in trouble. And then it's picked up by everybody else, or Zakowski, et cetera, et cetera. What is this garbage? I guess he has a year left on his contract. I mean, I understand, yes, he does have a, you know, he's he's two games over 500 in the regular season and he hasn't won a, a, a playoff game yet. Okay. But, again, I mean, we've seen coaches worse get fired. I, I, I don't know where this is coming from. If it's just somebody speculating or somebody putting out garbage, because you've brought up a very good point. If it does happen that Kahari is not here in 2022, it's potentially a huge issue when it comes to this new style, to the new coaches, to the new coaches cap, unless it's increased. And I highly doubt it would be increased, especially when this league is still hemorrhaging money and not turning any profits. Uh, I just don't see how it's feasible you can do that. I mean, unless something absolutely egregious happened with Kahari, but I don't see that happening either. I mean, it wasn't, I will admit, it wasn't a good year, but I think Kahari did a very good job considering with what we had and all the injuries that we had. Without again, question. coming from a guy who is very anti CFL, all of a sudden this just happens to pop up. <laughs> And don't think, don't think for one second if Kahari became available, he'd get snapped up in a heartbeat. I agree. You fire him on a Monday, he will have a new job on Tuesday. That's that's what it is. I mean, he's again, as I said, there have been a lot of mistakes this year, a lot of decisions, like a lot of coaching decisions that didn't quite go as planned. And that's regardless. That's regardless of who the quarterback was, because there's a lot of play calls too. When Vernon was a quarterback, that I'm like, what the f was that? Yeah. And again, coach can only do so much. Quarterback can only do so much. I mean, at the end of the day, the two have to work, you know, in in harmony. And I'd like to think that you know that that's that's his guy. Like that's. Kari's guy is Vernon, and Vernon's guy is Kahari. Mm-hmm. Like the the two of them are symbiotic, practically. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I I I'm baffled when I hear stuff like that. <laughs> Trust me, like I did too. I was like, where the where the f did this come from? And again, another argument to be made was, well, this new administration that came in in 2020, they inherited Kahari. So he's not their guy, quote unquote. Then why didn't you make a change then? Well, because he was already in their contract. Again, you just signed a three-year deal yeah. at that point. So again, that's that's a pretty big. Uh, it's also not stop people from firing head coaches. Right, but at that point, like how could how could you fire Kahari in 2020 after the the magical season the Elwoods just went through? Yeah. You know, this year, okay was not quite so magical, but you know, it was not a terrible season either. I mean, take a look at what the Ottawa Roadblocks and the Edmonton Elks went through. I'm pretty sure they would have been thrilled to to, have, to go seven and seven and limp their way into a playoff spot. And, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, look how well the Owls did in so many different offensive categories and uh, just categories in the CFL this year. Exactly. Like the first nine games of the season, while not perfect, statistically, this was a very powerful team. To me, like I think there was just some execution was not one hundred percent. It happens. A couple of bounces here and there, and this we'd be looking at a completely different team with a completely different record. And this this nonsense talk of Kahari's future wouldn't even see the light of day. But now, just because 
things didn't go quite the way they should have. And you, you know, your, your general manager brings in this quarterback that I'm sorry, was not a fit in that system. And you wonder why it didn't work out. I mean, you know, yeah. So now, now things like this are going to start circling overhead and, you know, little nuggets that come out like this are just going to go and it's just going to, you know, we would say, well, there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. I don't know if it's quite at that point yet, but I mean, I, I just have a hard time believing that the Owls would even entertain this idea. And if they, if, if God forbid, if they do do it, in my honest opinion, it'll happen right after Grey Cup. I don't think it will happen, but if if that would be the optimal time to do it, because they are fighting for others to, Edmonton's looking for another, you know, Edmonton's looking for, uh, wow, a whole front office. I mean, Kari mm-hmm. could be a good fit for a GM, and look how many teams are looking for GMs. Well, I mean, that's that's definitely something to consider as well. I mean, he's he's got a good good mind. He's a player's coach. Players absolutely love him. Uh. I don't know. I, I to me, if you were to get rid of Kahari Jones at this point, you'd be throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you really want to eat a year of his salary? Hire someone else. And at this point, too, like with the the coach's cap being what it is, what caliber player or what caliber coach are you going to be able to bring in? Unless Danny Mac decides he wants to be a coach as well as a general manager. And I think we all know how that works out when it comes to GMs being coaches in Montreal. Yeah. Kahari. Or Kavis. Uh, <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> no, I knew what you meant. You just, there, there was, there was a Freudian slip. Uh, well, again, can't help but notice, though, the last two general managers the Montreal Alouettes had decided they could be coaches, too. And how many great cups did they win? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? That's what I thought. So, let's have fun. You you brought it up. Hold on a second. Let's find out. And again, not trying to be disparaging, but I mean, the facts are the facts. Numbers are what they are. I mean, general manager and coach. Some people can pull it off. And back in the day, guys like John Huffnagel, uh, Wally Buono, yeah, Jim Pop had that. Jim Pop twenty three and forty. Okay. Kavis Reed, I believe, was O and eight. Obviously, not counting his time with Edmonton, but I'm talking about as Al Wett's general manager. He was oh, I believe, and se- oh and seven. Oh and seven. I'm sorry. So but again, still. don't want to be disparaging, but, but still. <laughs> so I mean, if 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 one were to follow history, perhaps the general manager of the Alouettes should not be the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes. I'm just saying. Like, I understand Danny Machocha had a, a great career as the head coach for the University of Montreal Carabins. And he did a great job recruiting and helping develop football players, so on and so forth. And that's pretty much what led to him becoming the general manager for the Montreal Alouettes. But maybe stick with that. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's like, maybe your plate's full enough with that without having to take on the additional responsibility of head coach. Just my opinion. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyways, because because again, what what other coach like you get rid of Kahari and you're willing to eat his salary, all that good stuff. Who do you bring in? Like, unless you've got an absolute stud lined up, and there are some decent coaches out, you know, other uh, coordinators out there that are jonesing for a. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Realize it too. Jonesing for an opportunity to become a head coach and would probably do very well if given the right opportunity. And who the hell wouldn't want to coach this Alouette's team up until recently? By the um, way, but, uh, just, but, to throw, just to throw this in, by the way, mm-hmm. Danny Machocha, 2008, GM, coach, Edmonton Eskimos, 10 and 8. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> I, dude, it has to be thrown in there. It has just, to be thrown in there. Because we were talking about it before. And who was his quarterback? Uh, 08? Yeah, I know who it was. Do you know who it was? 
<laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, was it, was it Mike Riley? No. Oh, Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray. Yeah. Guess what? Trevor Harris ain't Ricky Ray. <laughs> Trevor Harris ain't even Mike Riley. He's sure as hell not Mike Riley. Oh, my God. I, I wish he were. Maybe Mike Riley would have beaten the, the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Sunday. Maybe. Even with this uh, piss-poor performance by the offensive line and uh, everything else, I'm pretty sure Michael Riley would have beaten uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats if he were the Alouettes quarterback instead of Trevor Harris. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, if Danny Matocha is thinking, you know, getting that thought in his head, uh, being coach and GM, because he did it back in the day, like a long time ago, like 13 years is a long time, and the CFL has changed by leaps and bounds in those 13 years. By the way, Machocho had only. It's nothing against Danny Mac because we're just we're just using it with the other other you know uh, GMs becoming head coaches. Right, and again, what, he, he what, only he only had one winning season. By the way, as a head as a GM. Well, two thousand eight, where he lost where he lost the Eastern Final to Montreal Alouettes. Oh, oh, oh my! Two thousand eight. Oh. Of course, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, was was hold on. Was Jim Pop the general manager and head coach of the Alouettes in two thousand eight? Oh wait, <laughs> was no. It was, hold, on, hold on. Spoiler alert: No, no. He was not. I, I'm sorry. Mark Trestman was the head coach. You know, they Jim was able to. In fact, he actually stepped away from the head coaching duties to hire Mark Trestman. You're right, it was Trestman. <laughs> So I'm just again, you're absolutely right. We're not here to disparage Danny Mac because no, like I said, not. I think he did overall he did a very good job in his first year as general manager of the Alouettes. Like at, with a on field product, I should say. Yeah. I mean seven seven still not outstanding, but still I mean, five hundred and they still were in the thick of they were still in the thick of it in the Eastern Division. Exactly. Two point that, two two games out of first, one game out of out of third out of second. There you go. So I mean like Far as general manager goes, I'd say overall he did a very good job. He found some very talented players. I agree. He also signed Trevor Harris. By the way, <laughs> by the way was it Duquay? Duquay this weekend? Oh, I'm impressed. He is speed, man. First time I've really been able to see him play because he was hurt for most of the season, right? Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, he looked good. Uh, Labor Day weekend. He looked good, man. He big. He he, he got Missouri got some good. Oh, oh yeah. See, they're the positives. No. There are some positives. We're not just trying to be a completely negative, but it's just, it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you hear this, oh. when, you, when you hear this total BS about Kahari, it just frustrates the hell out of us. It is. I and mean, it's, it's talk that just, it goes, there's no positive to it. There's no, like nothing good can come of it. No. Anyways, I say we digress. Let's move on. I mean, it's. Yeah, there are you know there are some some positives to talk about coming up, obviously. But don't forget we are on social media. You know where to find us. But you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Alouettes FL Deck, uh, Cliffy at, at Cliffy D, me at Repact. Uh, you can check out our Instagram pages, our Facebook. Uh, also, the main place where you can check out all of our archives is at the Alouette uh, AlouettesFlightDeck.ca. Uh, Facebook is you can search for Alouettes Flight Deck, but do best to do for Alouettes search for Alouettes Flight Deck Pod because we still have to deactivate our old personal Alouettes page. If that makes any sense, we still have something we still have to do. But um, if you haven't come across it, it's the one that has the yay the Christmas colors for our logo. Mm-hmm. Voila! And uh, merchandise. Uh, we do have merchandise too. That's over at uh, teespring.com slash stores slash owls flight deck, where we just released this week. Uh, I want to get your thought on it. I didn't, I didn't ask you ask you about it, Cliff, but the minimalist logo for the big O, um, which is an homage to the uh, the symbol that was used for Alouette's home games when they played at the big O. Shown in the the old pocket schedules back in the nineteen eighties. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. No, so. it's a it's it's a great shirt. I mean, there's so much great stuff on the the website. Uh, by all means, folks. Uh, you know, if you want to support the podcast, we definitely appreciate you doing so by buying up all sorts of merch. I mean, makes great holiday gifts. I mean, 
we're we're in that season now, folks, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. Even though we've been listening to Christmas music since uh, November 11th, at least. <laughs> Some people even started November 1st, which, again, I'm, I'm not going to get into that rant. But you know what? <laughs> at any event, I can't think of a better holiday gift to give to your friends, family, coworkers, what have you. Then some really sweet Alouette's Flight Deck merch. So if you want to head over to the site, buy up a whole bunch of stuff, it helps us. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, also, too, Tim, I yes. forgot to mention that we are on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. That is right, so, sir. We're, we're, we're close to 30. I'll be honest with you. We're close to 30. We want to get to 100. I know it's a big, big, big ask. But, but again, and you know what, Cliff? I know we said we've teased it. I think we're just going to come out and say it. If you get us to 100 on YouTube, everybody who brings us up to that point will have a chance to win their own satin Delta logo jacket. Dude. It will be yours. Could, it could be yours. <laughs> Just get us to 100 on YouTube. So. Can you imagine? I mean, folks, a free satin jacket. Like, if you've gone to the Instagram page, you'll see Tim and I rocking that sweet Delta jacket. It is no, beautiful. No, no, no. It's not just the sweet Delta jacket, Cliff. It's that sweet, sweet Delta jacket. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but and absolutely, and you know what, folks, it can be yours, free, absolutely free. We will send you this jacket if you get if you folks get us to a hundred subscribers on YouTube. What a yeah. lucky a one lucky subscriber. Yes, will be given that jacket. That's right, free of charge. Yeah, F O C baby, F O C. So now the gauntlet's been thrown down. We, we, we are stepping up now. We we want to make this happen. We want to get to 100 subscribers so we can get all sorts of goodies from YouTube to help and help it, essentially help you all enjoy yes. the podcast even more. So please go subscribe to the Alouette's Flight Deck. Just do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck. You'll find episodes on there. Leave us a like, a subscribe, good comments, uh, bad comments, you, you whatever feedback you want to send to us. We want it. We want it all. But please, get us to 100 subscribers. Once we do, we will select a random subscriber, and they will get a sweet, sweet satin jacket. There you go, baby. There you go. Yes. Oh, by the way, also, I had to – I got I to gotta pimp out our, our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff. Head over there, by the way, to sportbuffshop.ca. I think sportbuffshop.ca. Got to figure it out. That's bad. Sportbossshop.com. They are currently running their own holiday uh, holiday um, uh, specials. Depending mm-hmm. on what you buy, you get an X amount off. So show go ahead over there and show Chris and Gary some love. Uh, and uh, merch from, from many, many different uh, sports leagues. Sports leagues, yeah. Major, major sports leagues, so. Yeah, it's not just it's not just CFL stuff. You got NFL, you got MLB, NHL, uh, MLB. pretty much any sport you can think of. Yeah, MLS, NCAA. Yeah, they got the merch, so uh, yeah, you know, definitely you know show them some love as well. I mean, buy our merch first, but then if you've got some money left over, <laughs> you get that sweet Christmas bonus, folks. I there mean, you, you help us out, you help out uh, Chris and Gary. I mean, listen, share the love. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey. um... You know, we were here, we were happy to see you know who is being nominated for the Alouettes to um, become uh, to go into the potential finals for the CFL awards, and obviously we were happy to see who who became all stars. Uh, the CFL announced Cliff uh, are the finalists for the CFL awards, the East and West finalists, and the Alouettes came away with actually two members, didn't they? They sure did. I mean, how exciting to know that. Despite what happened this past Sunday, knowing that one of the Montreal Alouettes is in the nomination, is the Eastern nominee for most outstanding player, and that would be absolute no-brainer, William Standback. Now, is he? He's going up against Zach Caleros to, for the most outstanding player. More than likely, Caleros will win it because, again, quarterbacks always seem to win this bloody award. It, it's so rare to see a non-quarterback win the most outstanding player award, but. 
you can make a serious, serious case for for William Stavak being the most outstanding player, not just because he led the league in rushing, but the way the Alouettes played when this guy got as many touches as he did. I mean, you talk about outstanding, like he is outstanding. Like I, I could make the argument that Zach Caleros was the most valuable player for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and perhaps the most valuable player out West. But again, this is the most outstanding award. And simply put, William Stanbeck was nothing short of outstanding this mm-hmm. year for the Montreal Alouettes. And that's regardless of who his quarterback was. I, I mean, pretty much any, if you handed the ball off to William Stanbeck, you knew good stuff was going to happen more often than not. So as far as I'm concerned, like it, it probably won't happen. I mean, I'm just being realistic. But if William Stanbeck were to actually win the most outstanding award for the, the Canadian Football League, It'd be such a such a feather in the cap. It would be so incredible just to know that that's happened. It's wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree. It's it'll be tough, but I think it's a pretty. It's it's nice as not to see two quarterbacks actually. Well, that's just it. And like I said, typically quarterbacks are the ones that get nominated for this most outstanding players award. And fine, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, but. Every once in a while, you do see one that doesn't, yeah, that isn't a quarterback that gets nominated, and you can't help but think, okay, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the the year that finally someone breaks through and that's not a quarterback and wins this award. And I'd say William Stanback does have a very good chance of winning the most outstanding player award. Hopefully, the people that do the voting in Toronto for the league, hopefully, they feel the same way. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice. Uh, also, it was, something else was announced today, if I'm not mistaken. Another one of the uh, year-end awards? Uh, the other year-end award would be uh, Most Outstanding Canadian, David Menard, mm-hmm. who, by the way, still not a starter for the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable. I, I don't think this has ever happened before. I, 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 maybe Steve Daniel can let us know if this has ever happened, but to have a non-starter be nominated like an Eastern nominee for most outstanding Canadian. And he's going up against a former Alouette in Bo Lacombo. Now I got to be honest, like Bo Lacombo, we know what he, what kind of player he is. He definitely is an outstanding Canadian for sure. He's an outstanding football player. So is David Menard. When it comes to this award, I honestly would not be surprised to see Menard edge out Lacombo. I mean, both these guys hit like a truck. Both of these guys are just outstanding defensive players. Uh, both as ca- Canadian as Canadian can be, uh, both representing their home provinces too. Like the, the teams they play for, like Bo is a Vancouver guy. I, I, I think he's in Vancouver, but he's a BC guy anyways. Yeah. And David Menard, a very proud Quebecois. I mean, like to me, that's just kind of cool. Like you talk about like what could be more Canadian than representing your home province, so to speak for the team that you play. Uh, to me, I, I think if if anyone should walk if if Montreal Alouette's going to walk away with an award at the CFL Awards, I really think it would be David Menard. And the fact that he's not a starter and still able to have the phenomenal season that he has is still mind blowing. I think a lot of people are still like, "What the heck? Like, what does this guy have to do to get into the starting lineup to become a, like a starting player?" And I wouldn't be surprised if that changes in twenty twenty two. Like I, I think the, the conversation to be had for David Menard is a long one. And I, I think the numbers have proven themselves. His play on the field every single game day, he has just been outstanding. He truly is an outstanding football player. Yeah. Even if he wasn't Canadian, he'd still be an outstanding football player. Yeah. The fact that he is and the fact that he's been nominated for this award is tremendous. And like I said, got lots of respect for Bola Combo. I, I, I still wish he was an Alouette, quite frankly. Yeah, I know. It didn't work out, but uh, you know he ends up going back home. I, you know, I respect that. But between these two, I think you got to take a look at what Menard's done for the Alouettes versus what Lacombo's done for the Lions. And I think you got to give the edge to Menard. Quite frankly, like I, you can make an argument. You know, when it's all said and done, like I said, I'm pretty sure Zach Claros is going to win Most Outstanding Player for the, you know, like the Most Outstanding Player Award. But I think for Most Outstanding Canadian. I, I I really don't see how you can give it to Lacombo versus Bernard. Yeah, quite frankly. But again, this is this is probably going to be one of those by the slimness of margins kind of calls. Yeah, which we won't I, know. Which we won't know. But still, 
um, until until everything's done. But uh, realistically, if I'm if I'm going to say which Alouette is going to walk away with an award, I definitely think it will be David Menard walking away with most outstanding Canadian this year. Yeah. And lastly, it was announced today, uh, Christophe Normand was nominated for the Jake uh, Godara Veterans Award. When what I thought was funny too, by the way, is that the Alouettes have won the uh, have won the award over you know um, have won the award every other year. And every, yes, there was no season last year, right? But still, still twenty twenty one, Martin Bedard won it in twenty nineteen, uh, LBJ won it in twenty seventeen, Jeff Perret won it in twenty fifteen. Hey, it's twenty twenty one. You never know. Well, that's it. I mean, Christoph Norman, yeah, he's he's definitely filled uh, you know all the categories. I mean, he's definitely you know a, a great contributor to this team. He's one of those uh, leaders on and off the field. I mean, realistically, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of names like Brett Lothar and Rene Paredes. Uh, these guys have done great things for their teams as well. Yeah, okay. They've really represented. So, I mean. Quite possibly could be that it could be them that walk away with the award. But uh, if history has taught us nothing, is that in an odd year, a Montreal Alouette will win the uh, Jake Audier Award, in which case, Christophe Normand, he'd be the winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And again, you could do worse. Quite frankly, I mean, like I said, he's a, he's an outstanding citizen. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, one of those guys who leads on and off the field. So yeah, I. I wouldn't be mad to see him walk away with this award. Yep. Um, also, it was announced. I I announced it on social media already, but I at least want to mention it uh, to our fans who may have not seen it. Is that I, I spoke with a representative from the Alouettes just to try to find out some information. Because you know, the year, the end, end of year stuff, we usually want to find out about you know twenty twenty two. You know the twenty twenty two season tickets, and obviously the you know everybody loves the um, uh, the year end locker room sale. Uh, found out today that uh, 2022 season tickets will not be on sale until late January or early February. Uh, don't know the reason behind it. Maybe it has to do with trying to find out what's going to happen for the season in 2022. Um, I don't know. I would not expect anything else but, the, but for them to play, by the way. Um, also, there's currently been no decision yet on the annual locker room sale. And I hope it does. I want to, there's some pretty, there's some, 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 game worn merch i want to get from from the team this year so it's uh, uh stay tuned for social to our social medias uh to find out more information once we do hear more information about it so mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah so uh other than that cliff i mean i know that we we are it is the end of the season for the alouettes but not end of the season of season six for the alouettes flight deck podcast uh we're trying our damnedest right now. I want to get uh, the Alouette's president, Amara Ciccini, on, and we're hoping to do that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you saw our social media over the past weekend, uh, I love it. you. I know you did the post yourself, Cliff, where it was like, you know, Mario posted something and he said, yeah, we want to have you on. Call us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking to have Mario on, ask him about, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly for the 2022 season as pertaining to you know, the, the, the head office. Cause it's, I'm sure it was very challenging. Um, and there are some other stuff that we want to have, uh, obviously we want to get some more players and stuff like that. So season six isn't done yet. Uh, you know, give us the next couple of weeks and we'll, uh, uh you know, stay tuned obviously. And, and if, by the way, if you happen to be the first time listener, we welcome you. Um, we want to make sure that you stay with us and uh, find out more about the Alouettes as, uh, as the weeks go by. So uh, we welcome you to the uh, to Alouettes, Nation, uh, Alouettes Flight Tech Nation. So. Absolutely. Part of the flight crew, as it were. There you go. <laughs> Hashtag flight crew. I mean, folks, again, we definitely appreciate this. Uh, this season has been a season like no other. I mean, we, we from wondering if we'd even get a season because of everything that's happened with COVID to – Wondering if we'd be able to watch games live and how many games we would be able to go to. And, you know, so much has happened. Like, this was definitely a season to remember. It was a season to forget for a lot of things. But I think overall, you take a look at this 2021 season for the Alouettes. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. As far as we're concerned, a lot could have gone better. A lot could have gone worse, too. I mean, like, this was – I think the season truly was – well represented by the Alouettes in the sense it was 50-50. There was a lot of good and a lot of bad. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. You take the good with the bad. And I'm thankful we had the opportunity to the see. Never don't you have had the facts of life. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you are. You set me up for that one, buddy. <laughs> Without uh, you even knowing do, about it. Uh, Anyways, yes. Yeah, so yeah. as it stands, like I said, I, I'm thankful we got the full season in. I'm thankful we were able to go and be a part of this. And thankful again to be able to share this with each and every one of you listening. And we hope, you know, if you are a new listener, we hope you stick around because we plan to be active. Even during the off season, we'll be active. We want to get more players on. We want to get more interviews going. We want to get, get people talking about the Alouettes, even when this season's over, because as far as I'm concerned, CFL is, it's pretty much become a 12 month league. Yeah. Even if they're not playing, there's still lots to talk about. There's still lots of discussion to be had as far as, this team and this league go. So we really truly hope that you folks stick around, join us for the ride because I mean, we're, we're not going anywhere. No, and we, we, we hope you aren't either. Exactly. But again, uh, stay tuned in for social media. And again, start liking, head over to our YouTube page and like, because Hey, once we get to a hundred, it's yours. It could be yours. So hundred subscribers, folks. I don't think it's that much to ask. Nope. Uh, nope, I agree with you. So, so check it, it out. Uh, you you know where to find us. You find us on social media. You know where to find the podcast. Pretty much anywhere you can download the podcast. Let your friends know. Let your family know. Let everybody know. There you and go. Just, that's all. That's all there is to it. Exactly. So we appreciate you guys, and uh, we hope you stay safe. Uh, and we'll speak to you very very soon. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.